0: Hi guys, welcome back to my channel, so tonight I'd like to sit down and have a chat, and I think you could call this a podcast. Um, I need to make an introduction since this is the first time I'm trying something new, so please bear with me for the next two or three minutes while I get the housekeeping out of the way. I'm not sure whether I'll continue this as a series, although I'd love to, I feel we need more female voices in podcasts, and I mean the sound aspects of it, not the tender parody part. And I'm always looking for ways to cater to everyone who enjoys my voice. Okay, so, moving on. I find this particular topic quite fascinating, I've been trying to work this out for such a long time now, and I still don't think I have managed to pinpoint what's at the core of the problem and turn this into one theory in which all elements would work together. But to be fair, there's a ton of people believing in conspiracy theories, and those may be individuals on the right. The left and in the centre of the political spectrum, so it's not like, hey, only those conservative right-wingers believe in that nonsense. No, it's just that the left and the right tend to believe in entirely different types of conspiracies. Although I have to point out that liberals tend to be a bit more reasonable in this particular case. But that's a topic for a totally different discussion, and I might pick it up in a different podcast. Anyway, when you take all of those factors into consideration, it probably turns out that the problem is too complex to try and unify this and create a single profile for such a person. After all, when it comes to the workings of the brain, a lot is yet to be discovered. Today I don't want to discuss conspiracy theories themselves, it's rather a question of why do people believe in them, even after the real evidence-based science is laid out, and at the same time, why do people mistrust science these days? Please note that I know my reasoning might be flawed and there are some limitations to my knowledge because I'm not educated in that field, so this is just some casual rambling. I'm thinking out loud but hopefully it'll be coherent enough for you to make sense of it. So without further ado, let's move on. And I want to start by saying I understand the thrill of conspiracy theories and the supernatural stories. Getting pleasure from those is fine, I don't want to spoil it for anyone. I guess I'd compare this to watching Star Wars, so you enjoy it, but you don't go walking around telling everyone how you fought Darth Vader with a lightsaber because you know it's not real. And, before I start judging conspiracy theorists, let me stress that I strongly believe you should be allowed to ridicule people's beliefs and opinions, and certainly making fun of people is not very elegant nor pleasant for the human being you're interacting with. It's always better not to get personal and stick to the facts but you can't believe everything that comes out of people's mouths, and you have to be allowed to respond to the gibberish that seems to be piling up these days, especially when you're discussing health-related topics such as homeopathy, anti-vaxxers, naturopathy, curing cancer with vitamin C and so on. There's this excellent quote by Professor Brian Cox floating around the internet, so I'm quite sure that some of you have already stumbled upon it, but for those who did not, let me quote it now because it's crucial to what I'm about to do and say. The problem with today's world is that everyone believes they have the right to express their opinion and have others listen to it. The correct statement of individual rights is that everyone has the right to an opinion, but crucially, that opinion can be randomly ignored and even made fun of, particularly if it's demonstrably nonsense. So, with that in mind, let's proceed to the main point. First of all, people are terrified of the unknown, and they are generally suspicious. So if an individual does not understand the complexity of the universe, or at least the crucial elements, they will want to simplify the surrounding reality, and through that, in a way, regain control they've lost in the first place. Simplifying is easier than committing yourself to truly understanding a given problem, and also admitting to yourself that, there are some issues beyond your comprehension, is not always easy. Some people would rather question everything to further reject that fact and trick themselves into thinking that, hey, look at me, I'm so inquisitive, I want to question everything. Now, I'm not suggesting that questioning is redundant. Obviously you should always proceed in life with caution and suspicion, but once the problem is solved, admit that you are wrong and stop living in denial. And on a side note, I think that the ability to admit that you were wrong and change your mind based on the evidence you're given is a wonderful sign of maturity. Although, it's a trade very few people seem to possess nowadays, or maybe I was just unlucky and didn't meet a lot of them during my lifetime. Let me be honest with you, I am an idiot, okay? <laughs> I'm a keen one, as Robin Innes once nicely put it, but still an idiot. I have accepted that fact and I try to meander my way through this huge pile of information that's being steadily thrown at me. However, I'm not scared of people who are wiser than I am. I trust them, I trust their judgment, and I have confidence in science because I recognise what's at the core. I try to surround myself with wise and interesting opinion leaders as much as I can, and surprise, surprise, it turns out that the more you interact with a monster, the less terrifying it becomes. Now, some humans lack the basic understanding of what lies at the foundations of science. There's not enough popular science in our everyday lives. It's not simplified and not accessible enough for the common men. Of course, there are tons of brilliant documentaries, podcasts, articles and whatnot, because I myself have been watching them, I've been reading them and listening to them. But I want more, because clearly we're not doing well with the amount we currently have. Or maybe it's not a question of accessibility, but rather a question of popularising popular science, so to speak, and making it clear for everyone that accepting the limitations to our knowledge is not a bad thing after all, and sometimes it's better to leave some issues in the hands of professionals. Undeniably, we're not at home with this idea because the education system And many other outlets, especially internet-based outlets, have been encouraging us through the years to think of ourselves and our views as special. So knowing all of that, what do people make of science? Well, some of us don't understand it that much, but we still trust it. Others, however, might perceive it as arbitrary, subjective assumptions made and forced upon us by authority figures. So scientists might come across as arrogant, mainly because people don't understand how the process of developing theories works, what the scientific method is, and for that matter, what peer review is or scientific consensus is. I believe that's one of the most important things we should be teaching at schools, because providing children with knowledge and ideas is one thing, but it would be appropriate, I think, to teach how these facts and theories were shaped. Though it might seem that scientists are this bunch of Arrogant people wearing glasses and white uniforms, coming up with ideas and instantly deciding they are correct. And the truth is exactly the opposite. Science, usually, doesn't bear any hidden agenda. I'd like to quote Richard Feynman on the scientific method and what's it all about to make it a bit more clear for you. In general, we look for a new law by the following process. First, we guess it. Then we compute the consequences of the guess, to see what, if this law we guess is right, to see what it would imply, and then we compare the computation results to nature, or we say compare to experiment or experience, compare it directly with observations to see if it works. Okay, and um, here comes my favourite part, the beauty of science, and the part that so many people seem to be oblivious to. If it disagrees with experiment, it's wrong. And that simple statement is the key to science. It doesn't make any difference how beautiful your guess is. It doesn't matter how smart you are, who made the guess or what his name is. If it disagrees with experiment, it's wrong. That's all there is to it." End of quote. And please don't give me the scientists are paid by the government to control us and to populate the earth, because that's another conspiracy theory, okay? Nature wants 5 of your 7 children dead, it wants you dead by 50, and everything better than that is brought to you by science and technology. So there goes your theory about the fearsome science, out the window. You wouldn't be listening to this podcast if it wasn't for science. And I always love it how those that oppose science so very much always do it via iPhones and laptops that were brought to them exclusively by science. But I'm back to the point. That's why you need to learn from conspiracy theorists. You need to make it simple, you need to lay out the connection between science and everyday life and how it has improved life's quality for an average person, especially knowing that these positive effects do not always show immediately, sometimes it's just serendipity. All science wants to do is to work things out. And if you don't stress that often enough, people will turn to conspiracy theories because they create the illusion of being on your side, not against you. So let me give you a real life example. 50 years ago, everything was a lot less complicated. Most of the household appliances could be understood by the common man. Now when something broke down, you could've just opened it up and mess around with it, and nowadays, you can't just open your laptop or your TV and fix it. You have to hand it to a specialist. And sometimes it's even cheaper to buy a new device. And um, another example, curing cancer with vitamin C. Now I know of various quacks who encourage cancer patients to ditch chemotherapy in favour of curing cancer with intravenous vitamin C. And why do people go for it, even if it's not their last resort? because it's easier to comprehend the mechanism, and it's seemingly natural, as opposed to chemotherapy. So, to sum up, this undoubtedly is a subconscious process. These people do not want to admit that they can't grasp the intricacy of science, obviously, and when you deconstruct all of the conspiracy theories out there, it turns out they simplify everything, blatantly disregarding physics biology, chemistry, and much, much more at the same time. Okay, so moving on to the next part, which will be about low self-esteem, big ego, and the need to belong. Now, these are all very much interconnected. So, through becoming a conspiracy theorist, you automatically join a rather small group of people, at least I hope these groups are still small, but um, you join a group of people who share similar views. Now, I'm not sure if you've noticed, but they have a tendency to feel superior and smarter than the rest of us. They are awakened to the truth, while we, the idiots, we remain asleep, and we are being continuously manipulated by the government. Now, is there a better way to make up for your low self-esteem than to join such a group? And the sense of belonging is probably self-explanatory. I recall reading a study or an article on how many of the believers, let's call them that, tend to be alienated in some sort of way, mainly in real life. They are all mutually supportive, always on the same side, ready to put themselves on the line to defend the whole group. Maybe this also provides some sort of false sense of meaning in life. I don't know. And a huge ego is quite obvious as well, I think. So if you think you're special, it's only natural you'll be drawn to the idea of being a part of a selected group of individuals, whom I personally like to call The insufferable know-it-all type. And it's no secret that a true, wise man will always question himself while the fool is always so boundlessly confident. Moving on to part three, which I think is a bit abstract, but I want to discuss the idea of becoming a rebel for no apparent reason. I've noticed that this is quite common in science and in politics, so to give you an example, it doesn't matter who's in power at the moment. These people love swimming against the current. They don't do it because they have a strict set of rules that might not go along with the government's agenda. They simply feel the need to rebel, to criticize. I have no idea what's so appealing about it. Maybe it's the adrenaline rush or the idea of being different. Maybe, yet again, this gives a false sense of meaning to their lives. Maybe they feel smarter. Maybe they feel superior. I don't know. I know, however, that there is an excellent quote in 1984 by Orwell that describes these phenomena beautifully, and it's when Winston tells Julia, you're only a rebel from the ways downwards. And in that single sentence is the essence of this short, little segment. And number four, a bonus part, not exactly related to conspiracy theories, it's more about living in denial and mistrusting science. although it doesn't apply in all cases, but it does work nicely with climate change and other environmental issues. And the point is, people are lazy. We are comfortable and we don't want to make an effort. We love the status quo. Now, once you accept that climate change is real and human activities contribute to it, causing climate change to accelerate at unprecedented rate, you automatically feel the need to do something about it, or at least you should, The most effective solution to this problem can be introduced only by the government, but politicians can be placed under obligations only when the people show their discontent. But despite that fact, there's still so much you can do about it on your own, without asking for permission. You can use public transportation, you can drink tap water, you can ditch foods produced with palm oil, you can go vegetarian, vegan, or at least cut down on the amount of meat you consume, and you can vote. But hey, all of that is unappealing. It's easier to live in denial and continue consuming burgers with cheese and beef. Before we end, I'd just like to point out that our reasoning tends to be flawed by all sorts of cognitive biases. The confirmation and conservatism biases are important here, I think, because we love to be right and we hate to be wrong. And that explains why some people even when they are presented with scientific evidence, choose to look for flaws and theories that oppose their convictions. They want to carry on believing they are right. And ultimately, this turns into a vicious circle you simply cannot exit once you're immersed in this world, which is also why, if you believe in one conspiracy theory, it's very probable you believe in a couple more. And to finish it off, on a side note, that's just my personal opinion, so It's totally subjective, you're free to disagree, but I think that most of these theories, these legends and whatnot, even if they seem attractive to some, to me they are boring, because they aren't real. Now, the mysteries of the universe, (laughs) that's something worth discovering and devoting your time to, and I know that sounded extremely cringy, but really there are so many questions I find fascinating. So in the next podcast, if I make another one, I will be discussing my favourite ones, and I'll also explain why I'm so in love with science, despite the fact that I'm not particularly smart. And in many cases, understanding certain ideas requires a lot of effort on my part and a lot of brain power. And I'll try to share my favourite sources of knowledge for those that might be interested. And on that note, I will end this podcast, thank you so much for listening, and hopefully you've made it till the end, or if you want to go to sleep, you're asleep by now, so I will hear you in the next one, and please remember about the social anxiety film, thank you so much once again, bye!